Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast episode, the number. This is eight, right? We Probably. did number seven last I lost week. Count, yeah. We're Our on producer's eight. not sure. I, I was busy with other stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Alex. I'm Andrea, and I guess we're recording. I guess we are. Anyways, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Typically, we would start a show and talk about the news. The news this week has actually been pretty slow. There's not a lot going on, and that's because, as you guys know, we're in the run-up to E3, big old annual smorgasbord of uh, gaming news. And, and investors meeting disguised as a party. Yeah, yeah. And so this week, instead of talking about the news, we're going to run through kind of what we know is going to be shown at E3 and uh, what we predict we might see or kind of what we hope we might see and just sort of structure everything around that. But before that, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, but I was sad to have my very intimate conversation derailed by... I was overjoyed to have her very intimate conversation derailed. Andy's quiz about Mario copulation was going on too long, and that was it wasn't explicit. It was just too dang good, and we're reserving the good content. Yes, that's what I'd call it. The funny. secret vault. <laughs> the secret <laughs> vault of it? content. This is the reaction that I had. Funny. Humor. Funny. I went, ha ha he he ho ho. Do you laugh when you think of Microsoft's press conference? I do, actually. <laughs> I don't think you should this year, because this time they, they seem to be... Last year they did some pretty impressive reveals, and this year they're promising something similar. 14 first-party games are to be announced. That's a lot, and we only know about two of them. We do, yeah, and neither of them are of particular interest to either of us, I Yeah, think. no, it's like, hey, welcome back to 2011. Here's Gears of War 5 and Halo Infinite. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel about the... Halo Infinite stuff, actually, I know you literally just said you don't care about them, but I kind of am feeling a little bit of a nostalgia pang when I see that trailer. I actually played a lot of Halo 1 through 3 in high school. I mean, I think all of us have played our fair share of Halo. I'm just I actually happy never played for the, Halo. I'm just happy for the Halo port to PCs. Do you think Halo can um, uh, bounce back? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> By no means will it. And I'm pretty sure the servers are going to be dead pretty quick. But really? for that like first three months, I think it will be a bit of fun. Okay, what do you think Halo Infinite means? That's what I'm kind of kind of on. Like, is this like a Doom Eternal situation, you think, where it's just the name is supposed to sound grand? Oh, yeah, I think that's uh, all it is. It's going to, uh, there's going to be a lighthouse. There's always the lighthouse, the twins. No, 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 no. It's, there's always a, a man. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a city. Well, you can tell how much I remembered of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of memorable games, Gears of War 5 is the other thing Microsoft has on their docket. I remember people being upset when they revealed the game last year because there was like a female character and there were like emotions portrayed in the trailer other than rage uh, by every character. Well, that's not too new because even Gears of War 4, they had a lot of going on with like Marcus with the death of his wife. Do you guys know about that at all? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't actually play these games. You know their names though. Yeah. All I know is Marcus. I had a lot of friends who were into it. I, just, I know Coltrane. All I'm saying is Coltrane. I don't think it's a big stretch for Gears of War to have like an emotional subplot. I'm more interested in like the, this is conjecture, but some people are thinking it might be like slightly open world or at least like open ended in terms of progression. Okay, which be so instead of welcome to 2010, we're going to say welcome to 2013. Yeah, right. Right on the heels of Crackdown 3. There's still 12 games left here that we don't know what they are. Like, what else do you think Microsoft has up their sleeve? I get the feeling we're going to see that Battletoads remake or new game or whatever it was that they teased last year. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I imagine Rare's going to do it and it's going to be kind of like an NES style Battletoads, but almost just brought into the modern day. My bingo card, the free space is a new Forza Horizon. That's my shoe in oh, for yeah, this. Yeah. I am thinking we're, we might see something about like, 
I know that PlayStation is gearing up with their PS5 news they released to Wired. Do you guys think that this is the right year for Microsoft to talk about the next box? What I'm thinking is they're going to be released on PC and Xbox through their new, like, what's their dumb marketing term they have for it? I don't remember, but... This has been a thing for Microsoft. I mean, even the Xbox One being called the Xbox One was an allusion to like one media box being the whole platform. So I think Hmm. it makes a lot of sense for them to move into combating Sony by doing PC releases instead of like a new console out of the gate. Yeah, Yeah, because why spend the money on a new console when chances are you have a perfectly good computer at home? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be going hard on a next-gen console. I would not be that surprised if Xbox just didn't release another console. Ever, you think? Ever. I don't think that it would be that surprising. Maybe they'll make one more, but I don't think that's how they're going to keep going. I get the Mm. feeling they're going to be making like little budget boxes almost that are cheap. Maybe they don't have a disk drive. I think it's too soon. I think an Xbox Five is absolutely in the cards. Or sorry, four. The next box. The next box I think is absolutely in the cards because... I mean, that's a huge paradigm shift, what you're talking about. And I think in the future, yeah, but eh, it's too early. I mean, yeah, no, I totally get it. I think in the future, they're probably not going to release another console. They are eventually just going to uh, go full PC is my prediction. But yeah, I will say, Nolan, to your another credit, one? they're the only ones that are going to have any hardware, I believe, that are is definitively being shown off at the show. Or the yeah. only ones that could have hardware. Nintendo confirmed they won't. All of the good gaming news was actually just... Uh, you know, different PC components that were announced recently. So yeah, it doesn't make for good listening. But the next box, ray tracing in every game, that's going to be the next. <laughs> so yeah. That's the next thing. You know, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, you and- shouldn't be because uh, that's what Mark Cerny alluded to the PS5 doing, is ray tracing being supported on the chip. Yeah, 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 no, totally. I would not be surprised. You if- guys seen that video of Quake with ray tracing yeah. turned on? It's- Quake yeah, Quake 2. It is absolutely insane. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. I'm yeah. assuming you've all seen the Minecraft ray tracing. Oh, oh my yeah. god, oh, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I was not sold in ray tracing for a long time. For me, that was like the volumetric god rays thing, where it just seemed like a total joke. But it's been showing up. So after Microsoft, which by the way, uh, we we mentioned we wanted to talk about the times. Just real quick, we'll say Microsoft's. It looks like it's at the conference is at uh oh that's one the p.m. on Sunday. Yes, one p.m. on Sunday. One p.m. Pacific time. Sunday, June 9th. Yep. So and then tune in. 5.30 p.m. that night, we have Bethesda, which was uh, pretty dang good last year. And then Bethesda- No, it wasn't? Has, no, no. Listen, the conference was amazing last year. You don't even remember how hyped we all were watching okay, that show. I loved, yeah. But like Bethesda's actual output over the course of the year in no way matched like the level of excitement that concert brought. Actually, Bethesda's one of the most interesting ones to me because- this concert necessarily is going to have to be some kind of damage control. There's no way they can just stroll out on stage and talk about, like, a 76 update. They can't just ignore what's happening. So what do you think they're going to do? Doom do- Eternal. Yeah, I think they're just going to kind of just not talk about 76. My question, though, is do you think Todd will even show his face this year? God, I hope so. I want to see better. Him. That's the only I reason him. I watch E3. Andy, when we watched E3 last year, Andy was in her room, like, not into it. And when Todd came on stage, we yelled, Todd! And Andy just rushed out and came out and watched Todd's part and then afterwards went back to her room. Yeah. So that's that's how there we are for Todd but in this room. Here's the thing. Todd Howard was pitching 76. But he did an excellent job. Like He's don't, a snake tongue salesman. Don't forget that when he pitched 76, all three of us were on board. Right. But we were now, all excited. I think people are going to remember that and be like, oh, wait, Todd lied to us no, again. Everyone already yeah. knew Todd was a lying a, meme master. But he's an amazing right? presenter. So I exactly. still want him there. But I know what you're saying. and and. 
when if they show Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six, they did confirm they're not showing either of those. Actually, okay. Well, then maybe Todd won't show up. I mean, he's not going to talk about Wolfenstein. So, yeah, that's that's the id team. Yeah, I'm curious what all they have to show because all that they've confirmed is Doom Eternal, um, and I believe they're going to be talking about Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah, yeah. I heard that there was going to be some Fallout Shelter sequel for China. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, w- will they bother talking about that in an American conference though? It's Bethesda. They're pretty dumb. <laughs> Yeah, but that would be quite a stretch. I don't see that happening. Um, Are they going to spend their whole conference just talking about Doom Eternal and Wolfenstein? Well, no. They're going to reveal something, but we don't know what. The fun of E3 is there's no way to know going in, right? So, Okay, let me ask you this. What do you want out of Bethesda's conference? Like, if you could have anything that would be, like, exciting to you, what would you want them to do? What would be really exciting would be if they unscheduled their spot and had a different company take it. Oh, shit. Like, who? Literally anyone else. I don't like Bethesda. You know what? That much. Well, I think their publishing arm is really strong. Their development arm isn't, but they've published consistently great games. Oh, I mean, totally. Yeah, I love uh, it. I love everything the id team works on. Yeah, the the Wolfenstein reboots are are excellent. And the most recent Doom was probably one of my favorite games of Prey. the past decade. Prey was one of the best games of that year. Dishonored and Dishonored too. You uh-huh. know what? I yes. take it back. Just have an, an id segment instead of Bethesda. Yeah, I think no, no, that's no, what mostly about... what this is going to be, because what else could Bethesda possibly have to show Take the Bethesda us? name off of I... it so I don't have to expect Todd Howard. Now that I think about it, though, id and also Arcane. I mean, now that I'm thinking about Dishonored and Prey, like, we don't know what Arcane Studio has been working on since 2016, and they're one of my favorite developers. Do you think they could have some kind of, like, new IP? It's not out of the question. Uh, um, I hope it's in. Bethesda's the one we're the most in the dark on. Like, we know so little about what to expect with this one. I don't know, because the next one on the list is, like, our entire outline is nothing but question marks with with Devolver Digital. Well, that's because Devolver Digital is a very interesting company. Professionally speaking, they are one of the more uh, fascinating uh, studios, I think, in, in the industry right now. Yeah, they definitely have an interesting presence. We do know that they haven't released My Name is Pedro yet, right? Or my or my my friend Pedro. No, they haven't really I don't believe they've released My Friend Pedro yet. But that was like that was playable at PAX though, and it looks like the game was already completed, so I don't really know if that's worthy of like a like an actual floor showing. Devolver is much more about spectacle <laughs> yeah, than uh, yeah. presentation at this point. And they have a really good time slot now. I think uh-huh. they're at like ten o'clock PM or something. Let's look. Um, we also didn't say what Bethesda's time was, which is five thirty PM on Sunday, June 9th. Devolver is at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, it's weird. Devolver's the only the only indie publisher on the list. I mean, Bethesda is the closest thing on this list to a, a conference presenter that isn't like one of the one of the bigs, one of the greats. Um, but, they, but they're certainly like getting to that point. Skyrim. Yeah. Bethesda's one of the bigs. Yeah, Bethesda's absolutely one of the That's bigs. That's true. But you know what separates them a little bit is that they're like new money, you know, compared to Square. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. They have only been at E3 for like three years, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And they've been per- getting progressively less good at yeah, yeah. presenting. I don't want to say much, but I will say that I think you should watch the 2018 and the 2017 uh, presentations of Devolver Digital. Oh yeah, those are going to be important for this next one. I guarantee There's it. There's like a continuity. Yes, it's yeah. it's yeah. It's all kinds of weird. Hey, what happened to Tiny Build? They had a conference last year. Remember that? And it was awful. Remember? It was terrible. It was the yeah, worst. Yeah, are they just like off the docket? I believe. I believe. Not that's even. What not happened. even. Tiny Build. Yeah, Tiny Build. Um. I can't, I can't even think of a game that uh, they've made. The neighbor game. Oh, oh hello, hello neighbor. neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they make, you know, popular games, but not like up our alley, I suppose. Popular game. De- I popular mean, I think game. we all like a lot of what Devolver publishes. They're kind of the, the closest thing to like a punk rock studio yeah. or a punk rock production studio that like yep. video games have right now. Yeah, they just pick up random uh, cool looking indie games. Well, and they all have a very similar like vibe and feel to yeah, them. Totally. Like they have, a, they have an agenda. Uh, like. Adult Swim Games is also like in that same, oh, in that yeah, same totally, arena totally. right kind now. Of, I think that Devolver is more punky is my biggest thing. Adult Swim is more like, they go for kind of like a surrealist vibe. They mm-hmm. have a lot of like strange offbeat stuff, but Devolver definitely has like a fuck you attitude that I really like about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I think that it's definitely really important that you should go back and watch the other Devolver conferences before this one. You will not regret it. It will all make sense to you. I wish there was more we could say, but like we don't know anything about what they're going to do. I think my friend Pedro is the only thing that I can predict being there. And they didn't even honest. they haven't confirmed anything. Yep. Okay, the next one here Ubisoft is actually kind of really funny for me to look at because it looks <laughs> oh it looks exactly like their past two conferences. Like this this could be a 2018 <laughs> list. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. We have Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is like not Wildlands 2, but it's definitely Wildlands 2. It's the Far Cry 4 3. Yeah. <laughs> There's Rainbow Six Siege. Oh which boy. They're in year four right now. That's at the conference. The Division 2 and For Honor. This literally, this this could be a 2017 these schedule. Are, well, what it is is these are all games as a service, right? Yep. So they're like going to talk about the new updates that are like, see, this is why you should go back to this game. Okay. Ghost Recon Breakpoint is actually kind of interesting to me. I didn't play Wildlands, but uh, I've been hearing some pretty interesting things about Breakpoint. And I know this sounds like a bad change, and it absolutely could be. But I guess they're introducing... <laughs> don't laugh, but they're introducing survival elements. Oh, boy. Hey, welcome could be back terrible, to 2013. But you weren't kidding, yeah. Would you guys be surprised if I announced an open-world game with vehicles and uh, survival elements? In a like a nemesis ripoff system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to Oh. Yeah. Am I the only person here that has played Rainbow Six Siege? I think so. I played a little bit of it. That's a really good game. And I'm not sure that I feel like it needs its own slot in the conference because the community who's paying attention to Siege these days at this far into the game is pretty tuned in to their announcement cycle. But that's the if point you ask of this, me, to get more people into Siege. But everything that has been yeah, I get what you're saying, but Siege announces its stuff in its own arena, right? I just don't know that they need to... I guess if you're talking about bringing in new players, but it's already doing pretty well. What do you think we're going to see? Watch Dogs 3. Really? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Watch Dogs 3 is going to be set in London. No guns. This, I've heard this This rumor. one will actually oh, let this you is, this watch people watch porn. Oh, yeah. That was already in Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> I didn't play Watch Dogs 2. Are you serious? It's not like... Explicit. It's it's implied. Do you think we're gonna get a new game with our favorite big boy Michael Ironside, as was teased and then disproven? He means Splinter Cell, by the way. I do think that it is time for a new Splinter Cell. I think it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, especially with that quote unquote leak uh-huh. that they dropped, and then how Ubisoft quickly scrambled to cover their tracks. And with I Metal could... Gear Solid officially fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dead in the terms of quality but i don't think it's too far-fetched for konami to make like another metal gear or a remaster or something at least not for another decade or so well i mean obviously i don't mean this particular conference well, but, duh, um, duh. you but, know uh, what we're definitely gonna see what? just dance 2020 oh my god are we gonna see aisha tyler i, I g- hope so you're right though just dance aisha tyler 
that's the thing is this, like I said, this entire conference doesn't look like anything particularly new. I would be interested. I'd be surprised if they could do another another thing like they did when they announced the first Watch Dogs. Remember how, how much of a splash that trailer made? Ubisoft really needs to break out of their bubble because they've been stuck on the same four franchises for 100 years. I think that whatever Ubisoft releases, if they announce a new IP, the trailer will look really, really good, but uh, it will not be representative of the actual game at all. They have a history of doing stuff like that. Wait, real quick. You know what I completely forgot about that they could just very easily show footage of or maybe a release date? Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would be all about that. That first trailer was incredible. Yeah, I'm very interested in this game for Mm -hmm. sure. I would like to see more. You know that it's been on their like their Uplay page. If you go to redeem rewards and stuff, it's still one of the, I think like one of the four or five games they put on the front page next to Four Honor, Rainbow Six, uh, Watch Dogs, and Ghost Recon. So it's definitely still like something they've been pushing. That's a good prediction. Yeah. My big thing is just with any Ubisoft game, take everything in their conference with a grain of salt because they have a massive history of uh, overblowing the graphics for their uh, E3 demos. And then the game looking nothing like that. Yeah. Very true. That's not unusual for most studios to do, but... Uh, Ubisoft in particular yeah, is exactly. really bad Ubisoft about it. Ubisoft has been, has been not great about it. They've also done a really good job lately of turning around their reputation in terms of like how long they stick with their games and support them. I mean, between For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege, they've done a really good job of taking products that kind of launch to no real renown and then sticking with them until they're a lot better than they were. So... They clearly have some people that know what they're doing a little bit, but I, I'm with you. Like, I wouldn't expect to Beyond Good and Evil to be as good as it necessarily looks in that trailer. Assassin's Creed, they've got one of those up their sleeve, I'm oh, sure. Oh, that's right. It's going to be, so rumors were that it was going to be a Viking game, and I think that that apparently is uh, pretty substantiated, that it's going to be a Viking one. Makes sense. It's a popular, like, thing that they haven't covered yet. Yeah, and they've been going towards this like uh, pre-recorded history type deal where they can recorded just, history like history before we have been like detailing and documenting it, so they can work in things like minotaurs and giant snakes or whatever. But that's but I mean it's kind of weird that they've been doing that with getting the series into more like fantastical territory where it used to be. I mean obviously it was never historically authentic. Yeah, but, but they, it was but sci-fi. It was sci-fi, but the history side of the sci-fi you know, coin that they were using was never, it didn't, it didn't involve like mythological creatures. Yeah, absolutely. Like when it was in the Middle East, it was about politics and like the invading crusaders. And now they literally have you fight Medusa and go to, what's the name of the ancient Greece afterlife kind of heaven world? The underworld? Elysium. Oh. You, you go to Elysium yep, in the Elysium. DLC. Well, we can pretty confidently say that if none, even if none of the games are, the, are good, in fact, you know what? If all the games are trash, the conference will probably be that much more entertaining because Ubisoft is kind of always a really fun train wreck. They are so unbelievably tone deaf. Yeah. And they've been consistently tone deaf. But I love them. And for I like, so long. They, You know, their games have a charm to them, though. They, they're, 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 their games are never amazing breakout hits, but their games are pretty consistently fun. Like, if you just want a t- good time killer, they're always something that you can consistently turn to. And I admire that. But I never get that excited about them. I just go, oh, Watch Dogs 2 is 75% off. Maybe I'll play that for a day or two. It's you know? the Marvel movies of video games. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the PC gaming show just quickly. Because yeah, there's, there's a this lot. big list of publishers we don't know 
anything about so necessarily. So all but... we know is that there are publishers that are coming on. We don't know any specific games. You want to list them? I want to talk about the ones that stand out. Mainly, uh, let's start with Annapurna. Yeah. So Annapurna has a history of doing a bunch of uh, really cool artsy crap. Uh, in particular, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch was, I believe, their breakout game. It was done by like half the people who worked on um, the Stanley Parable. So it's got a lot of you know that flavor of storytelling. However, it's done a lot more serious. You should mention too that Annapurna, I believe, is a is a is a film uh, publisher. It that is, has but moved they have games. a yeah, they have a, a games division. Well, but I just mentioned that because their games uh, tend to have like a narrative bent um, and reflect kind of like the same sort of like vibe their films go for that kind of indie artsy mm-hmm. stuff. I get the feeling we're gonna get a release date for Kei Takahashi's new game. Uh, Ooh, yeah, Autumn, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. They've been teasing that for forever. But yeah, do we want to move on to the the next one that we care about? Yeah, Chucklefish. I mean, do you have much? These these, these are the guys that did a uh, Starbound and also Stardew Valley. They right? published Stardew Valley. Yeah, they didn't make it. That and was we just know. One guy. Yeah, we know that the guy who's making Stardew Valley has been working on another game. So this would be an interesting time to reveal it. I think. Uh huh. And I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. Aside from that, I don't think we have anything we can say about them. Yeah, yeah. But I am looking forward to that because Stardew Valley is like. Stardew Valley is one of those games that I really, really like conceptually, but I just can't ever get into for more than five or six hours. Oh, it's over. so addicting it's, you know, for it's me. It's like yeah. I'll play it for a little bit and get into it, and I don't ever feel like the drive to come back to it. But I would like to see what else he has up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. I know that he is like infamously perfectionist, and he iterates on his work before finishing it, so it, it, it might take a little longer than, mm-hmm. you know, but... I think the only thing next that any of us care about is Frontier, and I think that's just me. Um, um, I would argue there's more, but go, yeah, do oh, Frontier well, what's, first. Okay, all right. Uh, well, Frontier had just recently announced a game, uh, a tycoon game called Planet Zoo. Um, we know very little about this, and they did confirm that they're going to be showing Planet Zoo at the E3 gaming show. Yeah, it's like Zoo Tycoon now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they already did, they did a Planet Coaster a while ago, too, like World of Tycoon. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. So this is the same engine, same basic idea, a lot of the same models, even. Um but they just changed the gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll be good? You expect it? I would like for it to be good. I'm definitely interested in it. I know that they've struggled to do uh, the simulation aspect, like the management and the money stuff, um, as much as a lot of people would like. But I'm I'm curious. I'm definitely I'm definitely keeping my eye on it. Yeah. And uh, you think we'll see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, yeah. Th- I would be. They don't. I don't believe they have anything else that they're willing to show us. Yeah. We got Paradox is showing up. Yeah, I, I'm really pretty, interesting publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really intri- into Paradox games. Uh, their whole stuff is uh, very historically accurate, very, very grand scale, grand strategy games. They do like sort of political simulations where like you might have to manage a nation in the age of colonialism or in you know Middle Ages or whatever. Uh, yeah, it depends on their on uh, which games. Some of them are way into the politics uh-huh. of like the internal of your country. Some of them are way into like foreign politics. They basically don't have any game that overlaps with another in terms of uh, time period, unless of course, you know, it's the same one in the franchise, which makes it a really cool thing where people have created converters so that you can start your game in Crusader Kings, which is the one that takes place during the Dark Ages and moves up into the beginning of the Renaissance. So you can play your game all the way up to the Renaissance. Then you convert your save from Crusader Kings to Europa Universalis, which is like Renaissance through Baroque. Mm -hmm. And then you could, if they ever wanted to release another game in the series, convert that to the game that takes place during the Industrial Age, Victoria. But uh, they haven't released a sequel to that in forever. 
and I'm really mad about it because that one's my favorite game in the series. People do convert Europa into Victoria too and play it up through the end good. of World War One. But you but you can do it though. You you can do and it. And then you can convert that into Hearts of Iron. Which and is play World War Two. Which is really cool because it's on a completely different time scale. Yep. It's just World War Two. So the most recent game they released was I forget the name of it, Imperatus Rome. Yeah, Rome and Imperatus. I which don't... is about managing the Roman Empire. Yeah, it's basically going even further into the past Do from the Dark Ages. Know anything about what their next thing in development is? Do you have any they, guesses about time no, period? They did say that it is going to be another grand strategy game, but they specifically said that it wasn't going to be Victoria 3. Aren't they publishing Vampire the Masquerade? They are doing that they as are. well, yes. Yep, Bloodlines 2, yeah, which is in the works. That actually could be shown. I didn't think about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, was thinking. I, I think that's absolutely going to be in shown. In fact, that'd be way more interesting to me personally than a new grand strategy game. Yeah, I, but, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I just really want another new grand strategy game. They could do it in a very specific, you know, portion of the world. They do have a game yeah. that's basically just Crusader Kings, but in Japan called Sengoku. How do you feel about post-World War II political border dividing kind of like early Cold War tensions they, up through the 80s. They, they, That'd be cool. They were working on that game. It was called East vs. West. That would be great. It, was, it, was, it looked so cool. It had a doomsday timer. Yeah. So like if you didn't uh, manage your uh, like relationship with the other major powers, like it, if the East and the West were not like cooperating at all, uh, eventually the doomsday timer would just tick and one of them would launch a nuke. So the fail state is just the end of the world. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's... that's I was going to say that's great, but it's not great. But it's really but, interesting. But yeah, they uh, stopped development on that because it, they said it was too difficult. I mean, that makes sense. Like, when you're making a game about colonialization or nation maintenance or Dark Ages, like, imperialism, the interactions are kind of militaristic and, and maintenance and control based. But, like, simulating diplomatic relations between two countries is way more difficult. That's that's a taller. Well, I mean, that's what uh, playing multiplayer is for. Yeah, like, I, I've listened to people playing uh, Grand Strategy, like, Europa games over the course of weeks, and the way they talk about it is mesmerizing. It's cool, yeah. yeah. I think the last one on here, I think, would be Tripwire Interactive. I don't have much to say about them, but... The... There is another one I want to mention after that, because okay. it, I think it's just weird that they're even showing up. Okay. But uh, Tripwire... Uh... They, well, they did the... They also do historical simulation a lot of the time. Not always, because they do Killing Floor as well. But they're the Red Orchestra guys, and yep. they did uh, Rising Storm, and they do a lot of, like, kind of realism-focused military shooters set in historical periods. They yeah. just did a Vietnam game recently. Yeah, more fun than Arma and, like, more gamey than Arma, but still yeah. quite uh, they have a good, realistic. It's like a bridge between Sim and Arcady that feels like, it makes you feel like you're in the, like, you feel like a soldier, you know, without it being too hard to do. Spoken like a true games journalist. Makes you feel like Spider-Man. The, the one that I think is just really weird that they're showing up is Perfect World Entertainment, since they're far more focused in uh, China. Like, hey, making moves. What do they what do they make or publish? Do you know? One of their big things is just uh, managing the servers for American games within China. Like uh, Dota 2 is entirely hosted by Perfect World in uh, in China. I believe Counter-Strike Go is as well. Okay, I got to say this is interesting, but tell me what's next in PC because the last two conferences are going to have a, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about oh, yeah, and I want to have yeah, time yeah. to get to them. So what's what's the last one? Oh, it was Perfect World, right? Yeah, that's that's what I said. Let's talk about Square Enix. I've been I've been itching to get to this one. You guys have any thoughts about what we're seeing? Which, by the way, is Dying Light Two, the Final Fantasy VII remake. And are we the... going to get more information about the Final they Fantasy? They did confirm I... we're getting information about the Final okay, Fantasy. Okay, okay, it's confirmed. And the Avengers game, which we have no idea what that looks like. They announced like. that in like 2016, didn't yeah, they? It's been it's overdue. It really is. 
all I know about the Avengers game is that there was a there was a leak not too long ago that suggested that there was a four player co op. That makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would be interesting, but I don't think we really know anything about it. Do you have any predictions for what it'll look like? I think it'd be really funny if they made like an, another Ultimate Alliance by accident while N- Nintendo has theirs. I sure hope not. I want Square to pump its full like stupid over the top production budget into this and make Final Fantasy 13 quality cutscenes and weird Japanese interpretation of Western script theatrics and that that's what make, I want I out of this. Sense, yeah. That might make me play it. Yeah, I yeah. would play the hell out of it if it was like this weird, like unintentionally animeized Avengers adaptation in game form with like RPG stats, and I'd play the hell out of that. But really, we know absolutely nothing about this game, so I I'm dying to see more. Yeah. Now, Final Fantasy VII remake, we know a good deal about. Do we? In terms of like what it is, I think so. We know that it is going to use some type of like real-time combat as interpreted by the designer from Kingdom Hearts 2 and kind of the same sort of direction from um, Final Fantasy 15. And uh, we know that it's going to be episodic, I think, if that's at still... At what point can we continue to call it a remake? Because it's not like... It, it seems like a completely different game that just has the same story. Well, I think that that... That's why it's a remake and not like a remaster, you know? Cause, okay. Cause it, but I get what you're saying, though. I mean, it's not necessarily even really Final Fantasy VII mechanically from what we know about it. Um, yeah, because all of the all of the gameplay is going to be completely changed. All of the systems, I imagine, will also, like, in-game systems will be changed as well to, you know, account for the complete changing gameplay. We already know the story. We already know the set pieces. Uh, assuming they don't make any changes to the story, which I highly doubt... But it, I, it just doesn't seem like a I would imagine remake. that it would probably contain a lot of small changes to the storytelling, but only because the original script was written on like a tight deadline. The translation, the English translation of the script was written with no editor on a two-week deadline, and there's a lot of room for improvement. And I can imagine that if this one, especially if this one gets full voice acting, that a, like a full retranslation of the script would be called for. Do you think we're going to get full voice acting or just partial? You know. Partial? Final Fantasy. I think we're getting Final partial. Fantasy games have had full voice acting since since ten. The, I mean, the only the, the, obviously there's certain NPCs you speak to that only use text boxes, but I think for I think for all the main characters, I think it'll be fully voiced. I do know that the entirety of Final Fantasy VII isn't going to be remade. Um, it's going to be kind of episodic, I guess. Well, that's still the entirety being remade. It's just not. Well, it's not going to release all in one product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How so, do you feel about that? That's weird. It is weird. I um, thought episodic games died with. Half Life. No, I think that I think that Hitman did really well, actually, and also Hitman Two. Did they? Yeah, Hitman was a uh, the, People liked the Hitman, episodic yeah. release structure was was a point of critical praise for Hitman One. And, and I'm not including games that are like Telltale likes because yeah. those kind of have to be episodic, in my opinion. Well, but... like it's we haven't seen a lot of games released episodically that aren't low interaction narrative adventures. It, this yeah. is kind of a new thing for something like an RPG. I think the only other RPG I can think of that's done this is that uh, early access Steam JRPG that I can't think of the name of that's releasing episodically. But yeah, it's strange. I- I'm into it. I'm definitely curious to see Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it's it they've been teasing us for so long. Like I I'm I'm eager to hear about it. Yeah, I want to see Midgar in its full glory. I want to see what I want to see more of Barrett. I want to see my gun hand boy. I want to see this guy or sick. In HD, do you think we're finally this gonna get to see? Yeah, this guy is sick. Do you think we're finally gonna get to see Tifa? Because they've been avoiding showing us Tifa uh, this entire time. Sure, why not? 
I do need one more big reveal, so that would make I sense. I didn't even, I was so unaware of Tifa not being shown that I feel like they could just pop that out there and people would, you know. People would not people just would, be, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, yeah, I people care about they Tifa. They showed the design of Aerith, or Aerith, it's Aerith, right? Okay, the otaku community flipped their shit when they thought that Aerith's face was, like, too mature, which is weird. She's just a woman. Yeah. I mean, like, Western viewers. You know what? I take it back. I'm thinking of that guy at the Shinmu 3 reveal that stood up and cried. During the reveal, you remember that guy? Yep, I don't yep. remember that. No. Yeah, there's gonna be someone like that at the FF7 trailer for sure. Oh, there'll so. probably be a lot of people like that at the FF7. Trailer. Yeah, this is a big deal. Let's talk about. And I mean, just because we're short of time, Dying Light Two, really quick, because I'm actually very excited about this. This is a sequel to Dying Light, if you hadn't guessed, but with Chris Avalone as the writer. Do you guys know that name? I recognize it, but I don't recognize what they've done. No, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to get all of these names right, but I can say with certainty that Chris Avalone was a very prolific writer in the CRPG era of PCs. He was involved in things like Baldur's Gate, Planescape. He wrote most of the story for Fallout New Vegas. He did a lot of like Pillars of Eternity. He's just a very prolific RPG writer and kind of has a reputation for mature kind of literary scripts. And Dying Light was a game that had really fun gameplay and a totally trash tier B-movie story. So the combination to me of a new Dying Light game with Chris Avalon writing the script is like a dream come true. It has a lot of potential. Okay, yeah, that I'm kind of sold on the second Dying Light. Yeah. It's got this like modern feudalism thing where the idea is in a post-apocalyptic world that the societies that rise back up have a medieval Dark Ages vibe to them where they are hosting public executions and elect like not electing, but choosing monarchs and having courts and stuff because people are trying to find some sense of security and it's going to be sort of a story about like managing the relationship between these like different faction kingdoms and you're sort of a warrior you know it's it's a really interesting concept yeah all right now it's time for the big guns oh nintendo oh my son give me animal crossing switch or i will riot Yeah. yeah we know nothing about what's coming from nintendo for sure but I think we all have lots of hopes and ideas about what we're talking about them. Give give me your top both of you. Give me your top three Nintendo hopes. Animal right, Crossing right Switch. Yep. Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's a, well, not not a shoe in. Not I think about it because the yeah. I don't think we're getting had. Sword and Shield because we're yeah. getting a conference on the well. We you guys, there was a conference on the fifth. Yep. Even so, I think that uh, them releasing more information, like what, like half a month later, isn't the most far fetched thing. No, that's true. That's true. Smash Bros. had, like, a ton of presentations devoted to it. Speaking so. of Smash Bros., I'm expecting at least, well, exactly two Wait, Smash is that Bros. Your, characters. Wait, is that your number three? My I, number three okay. is two more Smash Bros. characters so, announced, and one of them better be my cat Steve. They did this last year at, not E3, but on Easter, actually, I think it was. Ryu and Lucas were revealed and released the same day. Okay, I'm thinking it's going to be a Dragon Quest character. And then, honestly... Minecraft, but unironically. I, I'm not I'm not ironic at all. I okay. legitimately really want Minecraft in it. I, 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 I do think, too. I think the leaks have been so consistent that it's gonna happen. I'm pretty sure we're getting yeah. Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve and the guy from Dragon Quest Three whose name I don't know, Erdrick? but Drick is that Air I Erdrick? think you're right. I'd, I think you're right. It's Erdrick, yeah. I want Dragon Quest representation, but I just really want it to be a slime. Well Yeah. Those things are so cute. That makes sense. I mean we didn't get we But got, I think a uh, slime would make sense as like as like a spirit. Not as a character. You know what's definitely going to happen regardless of uh, whatever the Dragon Quest character is? The icon that they have for their franchise is going to be the shape of a slime. Yeah. Well, like the character stock and stuff will be slime. Yeah. What were you going to say, Alex? 
I was going to say, like, you know, we had uh, Joker from Persona 5. Uh-huh. The, the logical character, I think, if we're going to bring the slime comparison, would have been Jack Frost from the SMT series, right? Uh, Well, no, because Joker's a playable character. I think Jack Frost is just... Wait, what do you mean? Like, is the next DLC character? No, I mean, like... If we were going by, oh, this is the most iconic character in the franchise. Oh, you know? I get what you're saying. Like, because they picked Joker, it doesn't mean that they're beholden to choose the most iconic. They might go with the more, like, recent commercial. Whatever makes the most sense. And I feel like a slime doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, in that case, it could just be Eleven from Dragon Quest. It could be the MC from Dragon Quest Eleven at that point. I mean, he's, they he's, have a history he's the of... most. He has the nicest 3D model. He's the newest. Smash has a history of putting in uninteresting characters like Corrin. So I that's mean, true, and but no. that was because the new Fire Emblem was around the corner. And exactly. They, so it could, yeah. Just put whatever generic anime character they've got into it, and yeah, they'll probably call it a day. Okay, now give me not what character you think it'll be, but what character you want it to be, Alex. I would love. I know in my heart of hearts it will never ever happen for a variety of reasons. Uh huh. But I would love it if Sora made it into Smash Bros. That'd be really good. It would, That'd but be it's really good. It will never happen for uh, a variety of reasons. It's owned by Disney. So many options, and that's too much. That's too much for Sakurai and his yep. team to deal with. Mickey Mouse for Smash. Yeah, Mickey no, yeah. Mouse for Smash. It, it opens the floodgates to things like Mickey Mouse and yes. Goku. Goofy assist trophy. What I really want, which I also know will never happen, and uh-huh. it shouldn't ever happen, is Shantae. Oh, Shantae would make a ton of sense as a Game Boy game like it used to be. I mean, it was the second most popular Game Boy game of all time. But I I believe, assuming that the two uh, Pokemon Game Boy games are the same game, which you should. Yep. Oh, three, but yeah. Uh, Three, yeah. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't know if I would consider yellow the same game as red. And blue. No, 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 no. Yellow was Game Boy. That was Game Boy. Game Boy color was uh, Crystal. Gold, silver, crystal. Yep. Ah, okay. Uh, I would love Shantae. I'm still going back and forth whether or not I believe that Steve is actually like a viable choice for Smash Bros. It'd be perfect. I think it would be perfect, yeah. but I've heard a lot of people say it's not, so maybe we're just insane. Yeah. I think it would hurt if we got Steve over Banjo and Kazooie. Oh, I want Banjo Kazooie yep. really yeah. bad. That's my number one. I, they I think they deserve a spot, but I don't think they're gonna get oh, it. Oh, they absolutely deserve a spot, but they're now owned by Microsoft. So is Minecraft. That's true, and also you can play your Xbox Live Minecraft account on your Switch now. Mm-hmm. Like, they had a joint commercial. I th- honestly think that Steve is a better spot than. Don't Phantom say than Banjo, or really? else you're off the show. I, I, then Banjo, explain yourself. It's just more important to the history of gaming. No, no. Well, okay, actually, I yeah, she's right. My, Minecraft is Banjo Kazooie might be closer to my heart in some ways, but Minecraft. I think Banjo Kazooie is, is important for Nintendo. Okay, but think about like Minecraft is possibly the most important indie game of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I think Without absolutely it is. Without and possibly one of the most important games, period. No, it's not possibly century. one of the most it important is. games yeah. of history. I'm it not, is. I'm not yeah. denying that. I'm just saying that I think... Hatsune Miku did a great job. Oh, she did. you did go- so good. When we look at a lot of the Smash characters, a lot of them aren't in terms of like popularity per se. They're in terms of like love and importance you know like we got yes we got castlevania reps uh-huh you know i really really feel like banjo kazooie belongs in this game and if i had to pick between one of them if i was masahiro sakurai and microsoft's like okay you get one i'm gonna pick banjo kazooie okay i'm with you but i'm also with andy so no i, I don't I think I i'm don't, more with andy i don't this. disagree with andy that's the thing yeah. minecraft is incredibly important and i think that it makes sense to have yeah. it be in uh in, in, in Smash. Yeah. But. Okay, we're mad low on time. Before we end, though, 
talk to me about Animal Crossing. I just I have all these thoughts about what I want in the game. What are you guys thinking? I want to go to fucking space. Okay, what? Hold on, back up. That's way too much. No, it's not space it's, yeah, in it's an a Animal Crossing much. game. What are you talking about? Well, there. What's his face? Is from a UFO. A Gil- Gulliver Gilligan. Gulliver. Yeah, but that's yeah. like there's like a ghost in Animal Crossing. We're not going to go to the spirit world. Look, okay, NASA released their plans to make a moon (laughs) colony, all right? It's topical. Tom Nook is, like, managing the NASA stocks. I'm not kidding. I I want this. I wish you were. (laughs) I I get the feeling that there isn't going to be a huge revolutionary change for Animal Crossing, and I'm fine with that. I just want the same old Animal Crossing. Okay, I've been thinking about the same feature for years, and what it is is that there should be an optional amount of, like, mundane travel between the village and the city. Like, I'm saying you should be able to just push a button and just be in the city to go shopping. You should also be able to hop on a little bike and spend a minute riding down a little mountainside road and just so you can enjoy the view, you know? Um, I wholeheartedly love that, but what I really, really want from Animal Crossing, I just want them to improve the villager relations. I want the villagers oh, to feel more alive again. I'm a little I'm a little done with the way that back in Wild World there was like sassy villagers and they had a they weren't afraid to be a little mean to you. Now it's like everything is so happy-go-lucky, constant niceness in New Leaf, you know? Yeah, I want I want the villagers to be mad at me sometimes. sometimes I want the villagers yeah. assholes again. Yeah. Yeah. Let Peppy say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's all I'm saying, Nintendo. Yeah. Last week, Sega got both my ideas. This week, I'm giving one to you for That's free. True. I just That's want true. Bob. I just want to go into Bob's house and be like, "Yeah, Bob's fucking smoking it out. He's hot boxing." I just want to go into Coach's house and say, "God damn, you got to stop talking about your workouts. Not everyone's that interested in your muscles, Coach." You know. I want the lost and found back, and I want to abuse the system again. I just want to go have Rossetti back in the game so I can become the mayor and I can fire Rossetti and put him in jail for assaulting me. I want Rossetti to die. I want the slingshot back, but when the male bird is flying up in the in the sky, you I want to be able to shoot, shoot her down and I want them to be permanently injured. I want Rossetti to die. All right now, gamers. <laughs> let's... Let's let's tone it back here. I want Tom Nook to lose custody of Timmy and Tommy, <laughs> and the reason he's so pushed for money is because he has to pay alimony to his raccoon girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean ex-wife. You know? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on, Nintendo. I want to suck dick for bells. No. Oh! On that note, let's conclude the show. Wait, 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 hold show. on. We still have some other Nintendo things to run across real quick. You better be fast, boy. All right. So we got uh, Bayonetta three. I oh, think that's we'll true. see it. Um, Metroid Prime 4. We, I don't think we will see it. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. I think we'll see it. I do, t- I do too. I think that's all I can think of right now. Okay. New Castlevania? Come- no. 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 I was oh, just, we have uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. One. We're going to see that. Yeah, there's eh. not much to see there, in my opinion. I know you're a little interested. Personally, I'm like, I don't even think the first two were that interesting. They seem like fun. They seem like a fun like party game. Okay, real quick. Wii U or 3DS ports. Oh, wait. Mario Maker 2. Maybe we'll see more of that. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot Anyways, about that. what I was going to ask, though, are there any Wii U or 3DS ports Nintendo has not hit on yet, or GameCube ports, that you would, or Wii ports, any ports, that you'd be interested in seeing on Switch? Kid Icarus Uprising. Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. On the Switch with no stylus? Yeah, m- to make it not feel like it hurts my hands every time I try to play okay. it. Paper Mario? Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. That, that will not happen. I know it will never happen because God is not real. Pikmin. Wait, hold that. Wait a minute. Hold back. God doesn't love me. Is Wait, what hold I meant on. To say. Okay. We have a. There is a Pikmin four that's been in development yep. for a long time. You think uh-huh. we'll see it? You know what? Yeah. Sure. Why not? We'll see it. Okay. Cool. Anyways, <laughs> it's gonna be a PC exclusive. 
<laughs> it's going to be an RTS. Right, Mouse right. and keyboard controls. And then, like, they're going to have a Steam port of Pokemon Channel that you can now play with, like, a real, like, a, like a TV remote peripheral. Nintendo will continue <laughs> to drive Pokemon towards lifestyle brand. Will we see Mario Kart Grand Tour? No, I don't think they'll bother showing Not on that. the E3 stage. No. I don't think they'll care about that. I think E3. they will. You think so? I think they will. All right, note to self, note to us. We should have put Nintendo at the beginning because this is the most fun conversation of the But we all. tried to do it in order. We did. But anyways, we are out of time, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Anyways, this has been the Emerald Gamescast episode eight. My name is and has been and will continue to be Nolan Good. With me has been and is. My name might be Alex. And with me also has been... Andrea, and throughout this entire podcast, Alex has been sitting on Nolan's lap. That's not true. Don't tell them that. That's not true.